And that's that's one thing I even tell like you know my students is like you have to you know you, you have to go all in on it and you can't just you know dabble in it. You know I see a lot of people they just kind of dabble. Um, they get a little bit excited in the beginning because it's a new thing and everything like that. But then they just kind of the motivation goes away and then the wor- real work starts and they and they they give up and it's like you have to. You can't rely on motivation to be successful. So it was with intention, really. You joined the mastermind with full intention of succeeding from it. And then when you failed, you used that to almost put a chip on your shoulder. You failed and was like, well, the heck with that. I'm going to prove them wrong. I don't fail. I'm Robbie Blanchard. And so was it the education in the mastermind that changed your life? Was it the people in the mastermind? Or was it just the fact alone that you invested this large sum of money and it made you accountable? $40 million. Sounds like a pretty fun number, right? Okay. So we have a guest today that I'm gonna tell you, you're probably gonna see us go back and forth and joust and have a good old time because we're actually friends. Um, I know all his deepest, darkest secrets. I know where all the bodies are buried and I'm gonna bring them all out today on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, He's just a really freaking good guy. I don't know how else to explain him. We ended up connecting a few years ago and I'm gonna tell the funny story of how he connected, but just so I can connect that 40 million number back, that's what, you know, now I haven't look, looked at his records and substantiated it. I'm taking his word for it, okay? But he's never lied to me before. But that's how much he says he's done in total sales between all his stuff online in the last three years. <sighs> wow. You know what he was doing before that? He owned a gym. Like, it's, I find that fascinating. I, I just, uh, I think that's interesting. So we're going to talk about all of that and how it went from a gym owner to an online business. And, you know, what are the life lessons he's learned in that? And I think today, even if you don't have an online business, even if you don't own a gym, I think you're going to get a lot out of the episode. Every time I talk to this individual, I learn something. I get inspired by something. But um, the first way we met officially was 2019, like end of 2019. No. Yeah, around there. We got connected virtually. I don't know how somehow. We had an event coming up early 2020. It was called WebinarCon. It was literally five or six days before the big lockdown happened that we did the event. A couple months before the event, I messaged him and I said, hey, we have sponsorship opportunities at this event. Would you like to sponsor? And he was like, yes, I'm in. And I'm like, what? Like, don't you want to know how much? Don't you want to know details? Don't you want to know anything? He's like, nah, man, I'm in. And today, just today, happened to be on a related to a different matter. This is why I said every time I talk to him, I, I learn, I get inspired, my mind expands. We were sharing voice notes on Facebook and he said something. He's like, man, he was talking about someone else. And he's like, if this is me, I'll just jump on it. Because, man, one thing I've learned as an entrepreneur is when you got opportunities, you got to jump on them. And I was like, whoa, like it really it related me back to that first conversation we had kicked off our friendship because I found the fact that he didn't ask any questions and just jumped. I found that fascinating. In my 20 years, even I don't do that. I haven't really met many people that do it. Um, And since then, we've done a lot of business together. We've become friends. We've hung out and it's been an honor. So ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the Onyx and Gall Show, Mr. Robbie Blanchard. Robbie, what's up? Monic, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Good to see you too. I, I can see your head getting bigger and bigger as I introduced you there, man. I can like, physically see it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I meant every word. Uh, you are. Um, I love working with you, and I I have seen. You know, I always talk about this one thing, Robbie. Um, Tony Robbins. I always tell this Tony Robbins story from like 17 years ago. I ended up in a room somehow where like I'm going to meet Tony. There's like 20 of us. He gets off stage, comes to the back. It's a hotel room. He's like, we all lined up like little kids. And he's going to come shake our hands and grace us with his presence one by one. And we get to ask him one question. 
right? I was like third in line. As he approaches me, he's standing in front of me. You know, Tony's a big guy. He's like towering over me. And he looks down at, he's looking at me, right? And some idiot from across the room on the other side is like, hey, Tony, what's your greatest secret to success? And I'm like, what a dumb question, dude. Like, shut up. And Tony's just looking at me and he laughs. And he, he laughs and he goes, okay, I'll answer that question. I'm like, yo, 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 whoa, whoa. I didn't ask that stupid question. Like, I want my one question. But he answered. He looks right at me and he goes, you want to know the secret to success? Make fast decisions. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And he just moved on. I'm like, yo, the guy stole my question. And I thought about that for the longest time. And it wasn't until a couple of years later, a few years later, when I actually had success under my belt. Uh, and I was, you know, every day, right, as entrepreneurs, we get boom, 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 boom. You have so many things coming at you. And I just saw, like, pace. And, and we make mistakes. We do. But, like, the, the cumulative of it is, is, is so, and, and anyways, so, I would like to give you the credit, Robbie, that uh, in, since that time, I think, very confident, you are the fastest decision-making entrepreneur I've ever met. And I think something tells me that has a lot to do with the 40 million in three years and the radical success you're having. So congrats. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I mean, fast decisions, I think, are important for any entrepreneur because, um, you know, it takes me back. I, I first learned this, honestly, this, you know, the idea of making fast decisions when, uh, back when I was a personal trainer, I worked with a uh, a client of mine who was a a pretty successful entrepreneur. He was a McDonald's franchisee, so he he owned over a hundred McDonald's, right? And uh, wow. you know, uh, Italian guy, you know, grew up in Italy, came over here, uh, went to high school, didn't go to college, you know, started at McDonald's flipping burgers, worked his way up to hundred McDonald's. And one of the things he always said to me, he's like, he's like Robbie, he's like, think long, think wrong, and uh, he used to always say that to me. And, uh, and, and, and that stuck, it was stuck with me like ever since, you know, and that way, you know, anytime I ever, you know, have a decision come my way or something like, you know, I always say to myself, all right, think long, think wrong. And, uh, and I just go for it. And, um, what does that mean? Think long, think wrong. Yeah. If you think long, if you think, if you think, if you overthink stuff, you know, like a lot of people like, you know, when you, when you come to a decision. Oh, okay. I get it. He's saying, if you think long, you're thinking wrong. That's what, that's what this is. Okay. Got it. Think long, think wrong. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And so that was a big, uh, you know, that that always stuck with me, uh, over the past couple of years. And, um, and so I've kind of used that with my, you know, an entrepreneur, if I have an opportunity to, you know, connect with someone, if it's, you know, being a sponsor, if it's, uh, you know, going to an event, if it's, you know, doing something like, you know, I usually just jump into it and, uh, uh, it usually works itself out, you know? <laughs> well, no, uh, well, no, let's talk about that. That's interesting. It usually works itself out is something you say, which I think is probably your greatest strength. Now that's not easy to say. That's not an easy thing to believe. I want to break that down a little bit. And then I want to talk about your story because it is fascinating. Um, but it usually works itself out. Let's let can we go one level deeper with that? Like when I, um, so we recently did, so here, we recently did something together and it didn't really pan out well. Um, now of course it was with me, so, you know, I'm going to come back and make it all right, but you didn't seem to even move. You didn't even seem to care. No, no temper tantrum, no upsetness. No, like you were still laughing. Uh, but then we've also done plenty of things together that I believe have done very well for you and, and have done well for us. When you go into a decision, are you doing, is there some kind of rapid firing risk analysis that's going on? Like, how are you positioning yourself so that it usually works out is kind of like your, your go-to. Yeah, great question. So, so pretty much, I kind of ask myself, like, uh, with any decision, whether it's business or whatever, you know, I always ask myself the question: Is, 
you know, if I do this, uh, will it make my life better? Uh, if I don't do this, will it make my life better? Right. And so, you know, those are the two kind of questions I'll ask very quickly to myself. And then usually I'll just go with my gut reaction. You know, I'm pretty good with my gut reaction. So, you know, if I'm presented with an opportunity or something that I'm like, in my gut, I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like then I'll, then I'll go for it. Um, and then, and sometimes, you know, when I, when I make decisions like that, does it always pan out? Is, is it always a home run or is it always something that, uh, you know, uh, works out? No, but, um, but it, usually when you make those, those quicker decisions, like uh, more good things will happen than, than not good things or, or no things. And, um, and for me, that's, uh, I think, I think at the end of the day, it's all about saying, you know, being quick with those decisions makes a bigger difference as opposed to just, you know, spending like weeks and months, like hemming and hawing about something. And, that's wasted time. You know, I, I, I'm a big believer in failing fast too. Like if I'd rather, you know, fail as quick as possible. So I know it doesn't work and I can move on to the next thing. So, um, that's kind of always been my, my thought process. Um, you know, with anything, when it comes to, um, you know, investing, when it comes to, you know, business deals, when it comes to, to anything, you know, you know, relationships, anything like that. Um, that's kind of always what I, what I go off of is, is trust my gut on that. Yeah. All right. So one level deeper, um, assigning a percentage you're completely guessing out of left field and guys of course this is not scientific it's a disclaimer this is going to be robbie literally pulling it out of his you know what um if you had to say success to fail ratio on fast decisions and you had to do a percentage like 70 30 60 40 because you said most of the time it's a win what would you say that percentage is yeah good question i would say um when i first when, you know, when you're first an entrepreneur, that percentage is a lot lower, right? Because you just don't know what the heck you're doing and you say yes to dumb things and uh, and then you learn quicker, hopefully, right? And so now I'm at a point where I would say probably, I would say 70% of, of the things that I decide end up being very, uh, you know, worthwhile and, and and stuff like that. 30% either, you know, were kind of like net neutral or or they or they didn't help me at all, right? Or it was the opposite. And, uh, you know, but the thing is... Um, you know, and that, that goes to anything, like even like investing in like coaching programs or mentorships and stuff. I've, you know, I've invested in some, you know, quite a, a lot of stuff over the past couple of years. And uh, there's some stuff that I invested in that was amazing, uh, helped me grow my business and 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 kind of expand. And then there's some stuff that was a uh, complete dud. It didn't, didn't work out. And and that's fine, too, um, because here, here's why I do that is because when I first started my online you know, kind of journey back in 2015, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, figuring out how to have online business for a while, uh, never did anything with it. I just kind of, just kind of sat on my hands. And then I was presented with the opportunity to join a mastermind in 2015. Um, and that's when I made the decision. I said, listen, I'm going to just, I'm just going to go all in on this, do it for 12 months. If it works out great. Uh, if it doesn't, at least I know I tried. Right. And so that's kind of been my, that was kind of the, the fire that kind of got me going. And now I kind of just use that same type of uh, thought process for any, uh, any decision in business. But I would say right now, probably, you know, 70% of the stuff that I do is uh, ends up uh, working out pretty good. And then, and then as you get smarter and, um, and you get more uh, experience under your belt, you can make even bigger decisions and, and, and have that, that fast kind of uh, response to it. So what, so you, you mentioned 2015, you had a chance to like join a mastermind. What I was just going to ask you, what would you say your biggest win fast decision has been? And what would you say your biggest loss fast decision has been? You don't have to give the details for the loss one if you don't want to, but just, you know, generalities. Yeah, I think the big, I mean, honestly, the biggest win was, was that was joining that mastermind um, because that's what kind of, you know, got everything going. Um, it got me to where I am today, you know, just that, just that first like step into the online uh, space. And so 
I'll never forget. I remember um, it was uh, this guy, his name was, is Bedros Koulian. Uh, he's, you know, a mentor of mine. He's big in the fitness space. He owns like a big franchise called Fit Body Bootcamp. And um, he's, he's been a great, he's actually a great friend now. Um, and I remember I used to get his emails all the time because I was a gym owner and he, he trained gym owners on, on how to grow their businesses. And so uh, he had an event in Costa Mesa, California, and it was in November of 2015. Uh, and it was uh, called like the 100K Info Workshop or Summit or something like that. And I remember it was like a thousand dollars to go to it. And I remember thinking three things when I got that email. I remember the first thing I thought was, oh my God, a thousand bucks, that's a lot of money. Number two was like, oh man, I have to go from, I have to fly from Boston to uh, California all by myself. I'm not going to know anybody there. And then the third thing I thought was, oh my God, I sound like my dad. And I <laughs> immediately booked the ticket. <laughs> and uh, there you and, go. yeah. Right. And, um, and I love my dad, but he's a very, you know, he was a high school principal for 45 years. I mean, same school, same job, you know, same routine, 45, you know what I mean? Like, and for me, uh, I can, I can't do that. I have to, you know, I have to do other stuff. <laughs> and so, um, and so that really kind of made me think. And so that's when I went to the event and it was like, that was a fast decision. Like I booked it, you know, booked the ticket, everything. Uh, then there was another email saying, Hey, there's a, another, a, like another one day mastermind at this two day event. Do you want to join it? And so I'm like, well, I'm going to be out there. I might as well join it. And then when I got to the event was when they, you know, obviously it's an event where they, they sell you on a mastermind. And, um, and that's when I made that decision, you know, right then and there to, to join. And it was, it wasn't cheap for me at the time. As a matter of fact, it was very, very expensive for me to, at that point, being a gym owner. Um, but I was like, you know what, I just need to go all in on this. I need to, I've been thinking about wanting to be successful online for a while. I just don't know how to do it. And I need to find somebody that does know how to do it. And, um, and so I went all in on it and, um, and, and the rest is history. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> So cool, man. What a, what a, what a cool story. Um, and, and, uh, I want to ask more about that mastermind and that part, but I'm, I kind of chuckled at your, your thing of like, you know, I thought what my dad would do and I did the opposite. Um, love my dad. Everyone who knows me knows he's my hero. He's the motivation inspiration behind all my success, but also I'm very different than him. Um, and we think different, we act different and I always, my dad, we have a joke. He, I give him anxiety. Like I, my existence gives my father, like I'm always doing stuff that he's just like, ah, you know, but he's an engineer. He's a nuclear masters in nuclear engineering. His literal job was to oversee nuclear power plants, make sure they don't blow up. So, you know, the repercussion of him not doing everything perfect was kind of catastrophic. So, um, you know, I, I get that. Now, in the industry, Robbie, if I, because you have this very laissez-laissez way of kind of like, oh, and then I just, I, I just made that decision. I, I, it's not like, is that trained or were you always like that? Because in the industry, people that do know you, we, have, we, we talk about you behind your back. And one of the things that we say about you is he is one of the chillest guys you'll ever meet. You're just, you're just chill. Like, you're just like that guy, right? Like, it's a, I feel like you're the guy, like, if your friend's having a bad day, it's like, call Robbie because Robbie's just going to show up and be like, life's good, dude. It's all good. Like, you'll be fine. Were you always like that as a kid? Is this something you've trained yourself as entrepreneurship beat that into you, out of you? Like, psychoanalyze yourself a little. You know, it's a good question. Um, I think I've always been this way. Um, I, I've never, I've all, I, kind, I kind of take after my, my, my grandfather, um, to be honest with you. My grandfather was, was very much like, uh, he was an engineering himself. And like, he was a guy that like, you'd ask him a question and he would like, he would like think for a while before he even like would answer and like just you could just see his mind going like and so so i'm very much like that and so you know anytime like i'm not a very reactive person i'm not like someone that uh you know freaks out i'm not very emotional in that sort of sense um but anytime like something you know happens um you know happens in my life whether it's a business thing or something like you know 
outwardly I'm, I'm calm, cool, and collected. Cause I think you have, as a leader, you need to be that way for your, for your team. Uh, you can't be like, you know, going off the hinges and going crazy. Cause then, you know, everyone else sees that. And, um, and, but internally I'm, I'm always, I, I process everything like in terms of like, you know, being very solution-based being like, okay, like here's a problem in front of me, you know, there's gotta be a solution to it. And how do I figure it out? And so, you know, that's one thing I've always, um, you know, kind of been, and then, you know, the other thing too, you know, um, I also grew up with like a kind of like a chip on my shoulder a lot. And so, you know, that was also a big, a big driver for me. That's kind of probably why I'm, I'm so motivated to, to, to get to where I am. Um, you know, I remember there was times like growing up as a kid where, you know, we lived, you know, middle-class family, um, you know, I, I played basketball growing up and it's like, if you wanted to, you know, I wanted like the new Jordans and everything like that. And instead we'd go to Walmart and we'd buy the, the, the Spaldings that made my feet hurt. <laughs> and so those are, those are the, those are the kind of things that like would happen, like, you know, going on vacation, we only went like uh, one week in the summer, we'd drive up to Maine to visit my great aunt and uncle. And they lived in like this like field and there was like literally nothing to do. And that, that was our vacation every, every year for like 15 years. Um, and so those are things for me where I'm like, man, like when I, when I grow up, like I want to be able to do more than this. Like I want to be able to, you know, uh, take things to the next level. And then, but yeah, as far as like being, um, you know, kind of calm, cool and collective, you know, I, I put everything in perspective, right? I think that, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm so fortunate and blessed. Like if you were to ask me, you know, years ago that I'd be where I am today, like I wouldn't even know what you're talking about. You know, I, I, I would have, it wouldn't make any sense to me, <laughs> you know? And, um, and the fact that I've been able to get to where I am, you know, to me, that's just like, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And so if something happens or if there's an issue or, you know, an inconvenience happens in my life or in business, like it's not a big deal. Like, because like I I'm in a position where it's so cool to have inconveniences like that. Right. <laughs> like, you know, as wow. opposed to, you know, um, that, that was a quote worth repeating guys. Do you hear that? He said, I'm in a position where it's kind of cool to have inconveniences like that. Um, I just I had a friend of mine who sent me a voice note yesterday. Robbie, you and I both know him. And uh, he was he was really having a rough day. Bad day. Really, really bad day. He's having a bad few months. He's having a really hard time getting his loan closed on his $9 million condo. And I'm like, I wrote back. I'm like, dude, do you want me to, what do you want me to do? Have sympathy for you here? Like, th this is not a problem. All right? I'll show you problems. This is not a problem. But you're right. Like, hey, you know what? I'd rather have that problem then not knowing where money for food is coming next month for my family. Like for sure. Um, for sure. And, and one thing I like, and one thing I like to do too, is like, I mean, if you ever, if you ever feel like you're having a bad, like if you're in a position where I am or you're in or anyone, like if you ever feel like you're having a bad day, like, you know, go, go and find someone that is, you know, that is, that is homeless on the street and give them some money or, or, or do something nice for somebody else. Like just, you know, I think for me that I always, I like to do stuff like that because it, uh, you know, puts stuff in perspective where it's like, Oh man, yeah, I had a bad day, but man, like, at least I have, you know, this, 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 and at least I, I can, you know, I can, I can bounce back and I come, I come back even stronger and I have the skill set to do whatever I want to do. And, um, and so I think you got to put things into perspective. And I think that, you know, it's easy to get out of touch sometimes. Um, but I'm a big believer, like you, you have to, you have to stay humble and, um, and you just have to realize that the people you pass on the way up are the same people you're going to pass on the way down. And you have to just, uh, you know, always be good to people and, um, and, and just and do good and forget about it, I think is the, it's, um, I mean, it's a great perspective and I love that. And I have not always had that. I've been trying to work on it. Um, recently, I was walking into an ice cream place. I don't really like eating ice cream. I'm lactose free, but my, my wife loves ice cream at this place and I like to win points with her. So I was nearby. So I was like, I'm going to walk in, held the door open for um, a mom and a daughter. And common courtesy is to like, you know, I don't know, say thank you. Um, and they walked right in like, 
I was the doorman, you know, and if anything, kind of had a scuff to them a little bit. And so it got under my skin. I don't know why I was having, I was having a moody day already. And this was just one of those where I would possibly have had the, 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 the side of me comes out that would have said, you're welcome. Right. With an attitude. And instead I just smiled and I, I decided, I was like, we're going to do something different here. We're going to approach this whole scenario very differently. And so actually they came in, they were like being indecisive. So I ended up getting in front of them. I bought what I bought and I'm about to pay and they're coming through with their ice cream. And I just looked at the cashier and I was like, I'd like to pay for their ice cream. And you should have seen, they, they were like, the mom's like, what? And I was like, oh, no, it's just, we just like to pay for your ice cream. Um, you know, uh, nothing else. And she's like bright and like big smile and was like, oh my God, thank you so much. And her daughter's like, oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. And like the whole time I processed the fact that they were just like in a different place. Like they walked in, they weren't being rude. I think there was something going on. They were like, they're cause he literally saw them snap out of it and were like, oh my God, thank you. And I just said to myself, that was like $4 or $5. I was like, I just saved myself like six hours of bitterness over that one incident by just saying paying five bucks for their ice cream and turning the whole situation around. It was like this cool perspective. Um, and I know people are like, well, you're in, you know, you have money. You can do stuff like that. It's five bucks, guys. It was literally $5 for the ice cream. Um, Robbie, you joined a mastermind to change your life. I find that interesting because a lot of people join a lot of masterminds and don't change their life. Obviously, a mastermind cannot change your life. Something you did with it changed your life. What? Talk us through that. You made the decision. You made this big investment. How did, how did you utilize it? Because I think people need to learn. But how many of us are buying books, buying courses, buying masterminds? How many of your own students are buying your stuff? I know my students, their lives aren't changing. And then we get blamed sometimes for that. But um, I don't know. What'd you do with it? Why is it that that mastermind changed your life? While I bet you 70% of the other people or more that joined alongside of you that year didn't change their life. Oh, absolutely. It's probably more than that. It was probably in less than a year. They, they, they gave up. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, back then, this is like, we're talking like a map because masterminds are very different now. But like, you know, you get more stuff, you have more interaction. Like the mastermind I joined, it was uh, you get three events a year and you and you got one uh, call a month and that was it. Like um, oh. and so, you know, so when I went into it, um, you know, I had the, you know, I kind of once again had that chip on my shoulder and and one of the things that was um, you know interesting to me was you know when they they structured the mastermind they basically had two groups it was group A which are more you know the more advanced people and then there was group B. Well, I got put in a group B. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, well, that sucks. I don't want to be in group B. I want to be in group A uh, because I just want to be. And so, so it was one of those like chip on the shoulder things where I'm like, all right, I got to prove myself and, and show people that you know, not only do I belong in A, but I want to be at the point where I could teach everybody in A, you know? So, um, and so for me, that was the, the, the big thing. And I knew that like, you know, if I wanted to put the effort in, like I had to, you know, if I want to be successful, I, it was all up to me. Right. You know, I think that, um, you know, if you, if you uh, are successful in life, uh, it's your fault. If you fail in life, it's your fault too. And I think that, um, you know, I really, I really kind of cling to that. And that's, that was one thing that really made a big difference for me was like, just, just going all in, uh, finding, you know, problems and solutions, figuring it out. Like, and I had to, because, you know, when I first joined the mastermind, um, you know, the whole thing was about creating a, uh, an online product on ClickBank was the, was the thing. And, um, and so I created my product, which was kind of a CrossFit focused product. It was an information product. And I went to everybody in the mastermind to have them try to promote it, um, to their email list. Cause email, you know, was kind of what the focus of the mastermind was and, uh, nobody would promote it. Everybody said, no, like, I'm not going to promote it. It's uh, it's not weight loss focused and blah, blah, blah. And so, 
So I spent all this time creating this awesome product and think, thinking that it was going to just, you know, crush and, and, uh, and nobody wanted to promote it. <laughs> and so, so to me, that was like, uh, you know, once again, almost like a chip in the shoulder kind of thing, like, all right, I'm going to figure this out because, and so that's when I got into paid advertising and learned Facebook ads and, um, and, and got sales for that product. And then, and then, and then everything came full circle because those same people that said no to me were then coming to me asking me how I'm making money running, you know, ads on Facebook for affiliate products. And can I promote their product on Facebook? You know, so it, it comes down to like, you have to, you have to go all in on it and you have to just, uh, you know, put the work in. That's, that's one thing I even tell like, you know, my students is like, you have to, you know, you, you have to go all in on it and you can't just, you know, dabble in it. You know, I see a lot of people, they just kind of dabble. Um, they get a little bit excited in the beginning cause it's a new thing and everything like that, but then they just kind of, the motivation goes away and then the real work starts and they, and they, they give up and it's like, you have to, you can't rely on motivation to be successful. Like you have to rely on just, um, you know, that hunger, right. You have to be like that, you know, like the, I love the expression, like the rock, like he always talks about how the wolf is always scratching on the door, you know? And, um, and I love that because like, you have to stay hungry. Like someone, someone out there is look, is, is always looking to do better than you and to beat you. And you have to, you have to like have that chip on your shoulder to, uh, to, to prove yourself and prove everybody that, that you can be successful, you know? And so that's kind of how I've always approached it, you know? So it was with intention, really. You joined the mastermind with full intention of succeeding from it. And then when you failed, you used that to almost put a chip on your shoulder. You failed and was like, well, the heck with that. I'm going to prove them wrong. I don't fail. I'm Robbie Blanchard. And you just use. So people will sometimes say like, don't like I have this funny thing where people are like, don't be arrogant. Don't be overconfident or whatever. I'm like, well, I don't know. A little bit can help. Not so much to be rude to people, but that inner talk where you're like, hey, huh, no, that's not me. I don't go down like this. Like this, this isn't how I'm going. This isn't the end of my story. And so a lot of that was what drove you. And you just kept iterating. You kept trying, you kept trying, you kept trying. Um, and so was it the education in the mastermind that changed your life? Was it the people in the mastermind? Or was it just the fact alone that you invested this large sum of money and it made you accountable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a couple of things. I think, um, you know, the sure the investing the money is, is something that I think, um, was motivating, but I don't think it's, it's not the, the secret sauce to becoming successful because people will spend money on, on things like masterminds and then do nothing with it. And, uh, you know, but for me, the, the biggest motivator was seeing other people in the group, um, like in terms of what they were earning in terms of what they were doing. Um, and that's, that's what lit the fire. It wasn't even like, teaching me stuff it was like wow like this person like oh my gosh like they're doing a million bucks in a year or they just did like a you know they're doing a launch and they did you know x amount of dollars like holy cow like <clears throat> and they're just like me they're the same age as me you know what i mean so it's so that it was just like opening my eyes to all these different things that really showed me what was possible um which even kind of brought me back to when i was a, a personal trainer because when i was a personal trainer i remember you know, going, I did in-home personal training. So I go to people's houses and train them. And, and I would be in, you know, in these crazy big houses. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what are these people doing? Like, as I pull up in like my 1993 baby blue Buick station wagon, you know, with like the oil leaking out of it and, and the clients getting pissed because they get on their driveway. But, um, you know, but that opened my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, like these guys are all making tons of money. They're spending more money on like silly things that than I make all year. And, um, and so for me, it was always like just opening up that possibility. Like I didn't know how, how I was going to get there, but I just knew I was going to get there. Right. And so um, I think that's the it's important, like as an entrepreneur, like you're not going to know every step along the way that helps you get to where you want to go. Like 
but you have to keep stepping forward. And then at one point in time, when you stop and look and you look back, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I can see the path that I took. Like, but going forward, you're not going to see that initially. And so, um, but the thing is, you have to open yourself up to it and be like, yeah, I, I am going to make this happen. I am going to hit, hit this goal. And then, and then you, everything kind of works itself out once you, uh, you know, kind of make that, um, you know, that initiative. Yeah. So, Robbie, did you actually buy a blue? Buick station wagon or was it given it down was it given it to you because I, I I got a little judgment coming down my friend you got to answer that I want to know more about this blue station wagon this is a great story yeah so so when I was getting ready to go to college um, I remember um, you know the decision was whether I was going to commute to college or I was going to go to a school and stay in, in in the dorms and stuff like that and so I remember my dad and my, and my parents said to me hey Robbie like if you if you commute to school, um, we will buy you a new car. And so for me, I'm like, wow, this is this is great. Like, I want a new car. This would be awesome. And so, um, and so we started looking at like, uh, so I decided to commute, right? And, and so we started looking for cars, and we were looking at like, you know, like Ford Tauruses and some other like, you know, 10, 12 grand, you know, for the at the time. Um, and I remember my mom and being like, oh no, that's too expensive. That's too expensive. And then uh, we looked at another car, like there was a, a big Ford Bronco, like an old Bronco from like the, the 80s. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It was like five grand. Uh, my dad was going to get it. And my mom's like, nope, nope, too expensive. Oh. And then, and then. Uh, um, mom's killing us, man. Mom's, mom's killing us here. <laughs> yeah. So then my, then my, that same day we were going to buy the Bronco. My, my grandfather called and said, hey, I'm thinking about buying a new car and um, I want to give Robbie uh, you know, my car. And so that was the, uh, the okay. baby blue, uh, Buick station wagon. And, um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those ones where like the, the speedometer goes across, like it's not, it's like goes up to 85 is the max, um, <laughs> and like blue, blue interior, everything like that. Like, awesome. and, um, it's one of those cars where like you try, you're like, man, maybe I put some rims on it. Or if I push, like, you're trying to make it cool, but it's just not cool. No, it's no, like, no. it's like trying yeah, to dress don't. up a piece of poop. Like it just doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> It's just not cool, no matter what you do. Do you have a picture you can send us? Maybe we can edit it into the episode. I'll have to. I'll have to send you one. Yeah, right. for sure. That is epic. I, 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 just, and I had that car. I had that car from uh, you know my senior year in high school all the way through college, actually. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's a coincidence coincidence or not, but during that same time, I didn't have a girlfriend. I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask you. Just did, were you able to? <laughs> were you able to have a girlfriend? It might be connected. And I'll tell you, I was so I was so mad at my dad, uh, my parents. Like I didn't talk to him for like a week because I'm like, man, you told like here I am saying like I'm gonna I'm gonna save money, commute to college, and bro, and you're gonna get a Ford Bronco. Come on. All right, all right. Moment of redemption. What do you drive now? Well, I got a couple cars. So I have a um, I actually I have a new Corvette. I have a C8 Corvette, and then um, which is actually blue, <laughs> rapid blue, and uh, right. but but way cooler blue than the other one. <laughs> and then I have a uh, actually just have a Jeep Gladiator. I have a Jeep uh, down here in Florida. It's like you know Jeeps are like the thing to have, and uh, you got to do the Jeep wave and everything like that. So I have a I have a Jeep, and um, but that's one thing for me. Like I you know, I've had BMWs in the past and stuff, but uh, you know it's it's funny when you make when you when you first start out and you're and you're starting to make more money and stuff like you're always like oh man if i can get this really cool car blah blah and then you start to make the money and be successful and you're like eh, like i, I just kind of like my jeep like i don't i don't you know why would i, I don't want to buy a i don't want to buy a ferrari that's five hundred thousand bucks like I, i'll just i'll get my corvette for you know for way less than that and still have just as much you know so um but yes but Regardless, it's way better than the uh, the station wagon. That's for sure. <laughs> it is so true. Well, you got your man card back, so I'll give you that back. Um, 
that's another conversation we're going to talk about. I'm going to write it down here. Okay. We're going to talk about how boring success is. Um, because that's an interesting conversation to have where it's like, you want everything until you can actually get it. And then you're like, nah, I don't care. Um, the good news is you do have a girlfriend now. I happen to know that for a fact. We've talked about it a few times. So the lesson, the moral of the story, gentlemen, if you're watching is your car and what you drive is directly correlated to whether you're in a relationship or not. So do not drive a blue Buick station wagon. Um, Okay, so so the the be so the best fastest decision you ever made, literally changed your life. Could be single handedly responsible for the forty or so million in online sales you went on to make and have made to date. And um, we're gonna get into this maybe later. But I mean, you own real estate now. You're an investor. You've got an NFT project, uh, or you've got crypto. You. So all of that may not exist today had you not made that one fast decision to join the mastermind. Now, worst decision you ever made other than the Buick station wagon, which I'm going to come back. Dude, that I'm going to come back to that a lot. That's just going to be my thing with you now. I love it. That's my favorite part of the story. Not like I drove a cooler car, dude. In high school, I got a Subaru Legacy. It was a gray 1982 whatever Subaru Legacy. The damn thing broke down all the time. But uh, no, not a Subaru Legacy. It was a Subaru Loyal. Subaru Loyal, yes, man. Um, and then I got the 1991 Honda, Honda Accord, which I did pimp out, um, and my dad hated it. Um, and then after that, when I graduated, I wasn't quite yet ready. I wanted to buy a, um, a Range Rover, and my father was so, so awesome. He, um, he wanted to buy a new car, and I wasn't quite ready to buy a car, so he bought an Acura TSX, gave it to me for the first year. Um, and then I upgraded to Range Rover, and um, so, you know, it's not like I've had, you know, I make fun, but it's like I've, I, I drove the Subaru. Um, your worst decision, what was your losses? Man, worst decision? Pick one. Bad decision. I, there's a point I'm trying to make here, and I think you'll catch on to it very quick. It's like bad decision, invested X amount, lost it all or whatever, or more. Yeah, so I would say currently a bad decision that's you know, I would say ongoing and we'll see how the market turns around, but, um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, one of the, bad decision. <laughs> yeah, it's an ongoing bad decision, not by my choice, but, um, would be, um, uh, with crypto, right? So with crypto, um, in, in 2021, you know, I have a couple of board apes. Um, and so I'm big into, you know, I love NFTs and, and I still have them and stuff and I hold them long-term, but you know, with board ape what they did is they uh released a token which was uh basically a you know a coin currency um and you get so much for every board ape and and, and mutant ape that you hold and so uh at one point in time and they basically dropped it for free for you and so at, at the time um this is just last year early last year um uh it was worth uh just free it gave it to me it was worth over seven hundred thousand dollars is what it was worth wow. um and I said, you know what? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it for a while. Like, I think I think it's gonna keep going up. And I'm not I'm not a trader. I don't like you know buy and sell. Like, I'm I'm a holder, right? I, I on everything, real estate, everything. So, um, and so I'm like, well, I'm gonna hold on to it. So, so anyways, it's currently at um, it's probably currently worth maybe a hundred thousand dollars now, you know. And so, so that is you know that was a bad decision to not sell, and it and it was and it was merely because of just you know ignorance. I didn't um. You know, I'm fairly new to like the whole, you know, you know, going in crypto type of stuff and, uh, you know, especially at that type of a level. And so I'm like, man, if I had just, 
you know, exited out of there at, at the peak or around or around where my gut was telling me I probably should have done it. Um, I could have reinvested back into it, have way more, uh, you know, reinvested back at the bottom and then and then ride it back up to the top because eventually it's going to go back up, um, especially with this this particular one. And so, you know, for me, that was a, it was a good decision. And that was other stuff, too. That was like even like, you know, with other cryptocurrencies um, that I probably could have if I wanted to, I could have exited more towards the top. And then buy back in at the at the low, um, and that would have been a better better decision to do. Uh, that was one thing. Um, so pause, pause real quick though. If you're not if if you're okay to share something, I mean that was free money technically. How much did you invest into the board ape projects? I don't even know. I'm mean, like, you know, and are they still worth something? I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, are you actually in the negative, or technically are you still like okay? Uh, I'm still okay. I mean. I'm Overall, on like uh, like NFT projects that I've invested in, I'm down for sure. Um, I think because Ethereum, the price of Ethereum has gone down when I when I mm -hmm. first invested. But um, I would say probably like with everything, I, I probably put in a maybe over a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand into NFTs. Um, those board apes and stuff when I first bought in uh, at the peak, uh, you know, like one board ape was worth like half a million dollars. Um, and uh, now they're probably worth like maybe a hundred and fifty. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of Still doing okay, but not uh, not as as much as I probably could have. And, and once again, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, um, when when you know people are are saying buy buy buy, like that's when you should probably be selling. And then when people are saying sell sell sell, that's when you probably should be but, buying. But you're down you're down from the highs. You're not necessarily down from your investment amount, or are you down? Uh, yeah, no, down? no, no, no. I'm still you know I'm down a little bit from my investment amount, but not enough. To so we're talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands from the investment amount. Couple. Okay, so th th there's a dichotomy I'm trying to set up here, right, for everybody, which again, I kind of should have done this disclaimer before, but everyone, please don't go out and be reckless with your decision making. I know that the, this is all about making fast decisions, but remember, I mean, Robbie spoke about it early on when he didn't really have the experience he has now. He, he had a ratio was flipped. I mean, he was making more bad decisions than good. Um, so you got, we're still calculated. You know, I make pretty fast decisions too. I'm not sure I'm as fast as Robbie, but I'm pretty fast. But during that time, like I'm making, there is, there's Excel's going on in my head. Like I am calculating like the, the risk ratio, right? So that's kind of what Robbie said earlier where he was like, hey, I make a decision. Like I say, hey, if I do this, will it help my life? Uh, you know, or like hurt, or if I don't do this, will it help or hurt my life? And it's like a simple decision-making philosophy. But we are, we're not, you know, if I ask Robbie tomorrow, he makes fast decisions, but if I ask Robbie tomorrow, hey, give me $10 million, I'll give you 20 in a, in a year. Like, he's probably not going to do it because that could be a huge risk. So I want everyone to think what's $10 million to Robbie could be less to you. Just be, be careful. Don't just make, we say fast decisions. We don't say reckless decisions. There's a big difference between the two. Um, but the point, the dichotomy I was trying to make is a good fast decision Robbie made went on to change his life and will have literally an infinite return because every year that goes by every penny he makes can be connected to that fast decision the negative the bad decision he made is going to cost him possibly a couple hundred grand and so if you set up right i have found that when i make decisions i try to make decisions that have like if I'm going to have losses, my losses are capped. But if I'm going to have gains, they could be like huge. And in that scenario, if you can learn to make good decisions and calculated decisions, you actually, statistically speaking, it's in your favor because your losses are capped, but your gains are not. 
Um, and so I feel like if I buy an investment that's $100,000, this is why I'm not a fan of like shorts and options and stuff. This scares the crap out of me because your losses could also, I mean, something could tank, your losses could be uncapped. But um, I mean, if you buy something for 20 grand, you could lose all of it, but you know, you'll lose 20 grand, it's capped. Versus it could go, like if you calculatedly think like, hey, it could go up to you, that could go up to 200. So kind of giving some people a look into our thought process. I was watching this um, one Indian TV show. It's, it's about entrepreneurs it's called TVF Pitchers. And um, really interesting, this guy, uh, he's the CEO of the company and he's known since college to make, like he goes into a quiet room. I forgot what they call it. They call it the jury room. Like whenever he wants to make a big decision, and every like people are wondering like what the hell does he do in that room? Because he'll like he'll make big decisions in the room, like he'll come out. He goes in completely like perplexed. Big decision comes out, knows what to do. So one time they like sneak the door open, they're looking, they see what he's doing. And what he does is he flips a coin. So he literally has to say yes or no. He flips a coin, and they are super pissed. They're like, how dare you flip a coin? To like because it was like a decision for their life. It was like whether they're gonna raise money or not for their startup or something. And they're like, and he, and he says something so fascinating. He says, guys, I don't make the, dis I made my decision before I even see what the coin is. He goes in that flip. If you pay attention to your deep inside, there is something you're wishing for. So when you, when you hit heads or tails before you uncover it, what really you're like, you know what you really want to have happen, right? That's like when we play like paper, rock, scissors, and you don't get your answer. You're like, all right, best of three. All right, best of five. Like, you know what you want. You're trying to create a justification for it. So he's like, I don't even look. I don't even look heads or tails. I just flip a coin and I try to tap into that subconscious voice that tells me what I really want. And that's how I make a decision. And I was like, holy crap, that's, that's pretty profound from like a web TV series made by a bunch of kids. <laughs> like profound life lesson. Um, so, so, um, okay. So let's talk about, I want to get a little bit into, you know, in, in by five, 10 minutes, I want to talk about the things you do, the 40 million online in sales. I'm, I'm sure people are like, dude, how does he make 40 million online? Get into that. But can we talk a little bit of how boring success, <laughs> success can be? A lot of people don't follow you're, I swear this is one of those things that people don't get unless you're there. You guys have no idea how badly I wanted a Lamborghini. I really wanted a Ferrari. I wanted a Lamborghini and I have, I could buy one right now. I could leave this episode halfway and just drive to the dealership. It's 45 minutes away and just pay cash and walk out. And I have zero desire to do it. Like I just don't want to, um, funniest story about cars. So <laughs> I have a Audi R8, which I love to death. Um, which I rebought. I had one, got rid of it, and missed it. Bought it again. I have a Range Rover, which is basically my child. Um, she, uh, she, is, you know, Range Rover is second only to my actual child. Um, and my wife has a, a, a Tesla S, and she loves her Tesla, but she wanted a new Tesla. Well, we, so my Tesla S is supposed to go to my dad, and I bought her the Tesla X. And I kept trying to tell her, I was like, how boring. Like, look at this thing. It looks like an egg. You know, I do, I do love electric cars. I'm a convert on that one, but I'm a convert on that one. But I was like, Tesla, like the X looks like an egg. Who cares? What do you want? What's okay? Your car. Here's a challenge. It's got the new steering wheel and it's, it is, it is a weird car to drive. I have never rimmed a car in my life. I've never curbed a car in my life. I curbed that X within the first hour of owning it. It turns weird. 
It turned strange. It was super embarrassing. I was really pissed off. I spent like a hundred plus thousand dollars on the car and like literally an hour in, I'm, I'm curbing it. Um, so my wife has been nervous and, and we've, we just had a baby. We have had zero time for my wife. She wants me to take her out and get her comfortable driving the X. Um, take her out for a drive and stuff, like teach her a few things. It's weird. There's no turn signals. There's no gearbox. Literally, if you want to go drive, you have to like, there's a little car icon and you push it up. True story. We're at the parking lot of the Tesla dealer. They're like, here's your car. Bye-bye. We're like, okay. Do you know I had to go to YouTube to figure out how to put the car in drive? I'm sitting there like, what do we do? Like, there's no like, you know, so she, she's petrified of the car. She wants it to be, it's been months now. And we haven't had a chance to take it out. Guess who loves driving the car? It's become one of my favorite cars. It's so freaking convenient. It's so comfortable. It's, it's just like the car thinks for me. And, 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 and she laughs. She's like, you can keep it. Like, I'll, you know, my poor dad, he's like got the charger put in his garage. He's like waiting for his red Tesla S to come home and, and she's not let it go yet. That's awesome. Isn't it weird thinking? We think like, I love it. And I don't, I'm not embarrassed. Like, I don't, I don't care. I'll drive that egg all day long. It's comfortable. Um, so talk about that. When did that happen for you? At what point? What were some of the biggest desires you had? And why, why do you think that shift happened? When did it happen for you? Yeah, good question. So, I, you know, for me, like, you know, growing up, you know, as I mentioned, like, you know, I would get, you know, we shop at, we shop at Walmart and we, we would, you know, have, I, I was told no a lot as a kid, right? Like, no, we can't have this. We can't afford this. You can't get this, you know? So for me, it was always like, you know, as I got older, it was like, all right, well, I, I need to have these things because I couldn't have these as a kid. Right. So be, whether it's clothes or shoes or whatever. And, uh, but then when you get to the point where you, you have them, you're like, oh, I, I feel, I feel exactly the same. I don't feel any, any different. And, um, uh, same thing with, with cars, you know, I've had, I've had nice cars and, um, and, uh, but you know, once again, I kind of like, oh, I just kind of like my, my Jeep truck. I just like to just drive that around. And, um, and, and for me, like, I'd rather have other, other experiences, you know, or other stuff like, you know, I like to, uh, I love to play golf. So for me, it's like being able to you know, have that freedom to, to play more golf and to do those sort of things. Or, um, you know, that's that to me, that's more, you know, more worthwhile, um, but yeah, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like as far as like the boring stuff, you know, when it comes to being successful, like, you know, and I think, I think that's the other thing too, that people don't realize as entrepreneurs or, or trying to be entrepreneurs is like, they want to, they're always looking for like the exciting thing, right? The mo the next exciting thing. It's like, and if, it, if it's not exciting anymore, well, it must not be the thing I need to do. I need to do something more exciting. And it's like, you know, for me, um, and I've done, and I've, you know, done di things differently than most people do in my space where, you know, like my, my program has essentially been the same program for the last four years, you know, and uh, we update and stuff, but I'm not, I'm not jumping from to the next exciting thing, next exciting thing. Like it's consistently always the same, the same setup. And yeah, is it boring? Like, do I, do I, um, am I always like, you know, pumped to talk about, you know, um, you know, affiliate marketing, not always, you know, but, uh, but you do it because it, it works. You do it because it's, it's, um, it helps people have success. success. And, and for me, that's, um, you know, that's well worth it. And I think, you know, you know, doing the boring work is, is really, really important and powerful. And that's how like, you know, that's how like, you know, empires are built, like by doing that boring work, you know, um, I was, um, I always teach this to our board of experts, mastermind members, a mastermind of which you are a part of and never show up. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. Cause uh, if we get, can we get that 2015 Robbie to, you got to come to the, one of these events, man, I'm telling you, they're awesome. Um, yeah. So there you go. I publicly called out Robbie, everybody. Um, but uh, so, and, and to be fair, he's always in the middle of doing something like big launch or something. So I don't blame him. Um, 
but I always teach at these masterminds, I, and, and I've been teaching at the expert summits that we host, that creativity launches businesses, boredom scales them. And that was one of the biggest things I learned when we started scaling. I had to get out of my business's way. I was the most destructive force as an entrepreneur. And that's why I'm actually not a very good CEO. I'm actually a really bad CEO and I look forward to firing myself any day now. But because um, I'm always reckless because I'm always doing stuff because I, I want creativity. I enjoy, I enjoy their tornado phase. I don't enjoy the cleanup phase. I don't enjoy the building the roads again. I, I enjoy paving my path through the city and, you know, giving the opportunity for the team to build the road. But um, a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they don't realize that what scales a business is, is actually systems and processes and boredom. Um, you do the same thing that works again and again and again. Um, I, just, I, had a, I just got out of a meeting um, with one of our students who's making X amount per month and they want to make Y. And their first solution was launching this completely new type of business. And I'm just looking at them and I'm like, why do you want to do that? They're like, well, I'm going to make more. I'm like, yeah, but look at the growth rate you've already had in this existing business. Like, they're like, oh, well, what do I do with that then? And I'm like, just do more of that. I mean, it's so funny. And, and I'm sitting there and you can see them go, oh, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, is that, that's it? That's our big takeaway? Like our one-on-one -on -one consult? That was my big, like, my big reveal to you. But it's like, yeah, just do more. You know, stop complicating things. Just do more. Boring, uh, boring brings success. It boring scales businesses. Boring is systems. And a lot of times, uh, there's a new trend happening, Robbie. I don't know if you're going to be part of that trend. A lot of entrepreneurs are firing themselves as CEOs in our space. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to it. Um, I'll go off and be a CEO of something different until it needs more of an operational process and then fire myself and go off somewhere else. Do you ever see yourself doing that? Do you see yourself as more of an entrepreneur or a CEO? Uh, definitely more of an entrepreneur, um, for sure. I think that, um, you know, as far as being like a CEO, see, I never even like, I'm, I'm on a, I'm like one of those weird guys where, you know, if someone says like, are you a CEO? It's like, ah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just Robbie. Like, I don't, I don't need a title. <laughs> you know, I'm chief Robbie officer. Yeah, you're right. Chief Robbie officer. Exactly. And, um, you know, but yeah, I definitely think at some point, um, you know, in, our, in my, in my business, we have, you know, we have a lot of people that are, you know, I've stepped up to the plate that I you know, do a lot of the operational stuff. And so, you know, I'm more of the, you know, more of the the pretty face of the business now than, than anything else. And uh, which is, you know, isn't saying much, but, um, you know, but, but even then, like down the line, now the goal is to get more, you know, more people that are those pretty faces of the business as opposed to just me. And so um, and I think that's important because you, you can only get so far by yourself and you need to have a team that, that can, can push you over the edge and get you past. And then, and then once you get that team, then you got to get out of the way and let them do what they got to do. Um, and I also think too, uh, there's one thing I like, uh, you know, Grant Cardone talked about too um, uh, recently where he just said like, he doesn't want to be the only star in the sky. Like he wants to have, you know, multiple you know stars in his sky. And I think that's, um, you know, that's really powerful too, to, to, to have that. So yeah, I can definitely, you know, um, see myself more of as, as an entrepreneur where I love the, you know, the big idea stuff. I love the creativity side of things. Um, you know, the, the execution, like the, the dirty work, day-to-day -day stuff is, is not always my favorite thing to do, but, um, but certainly the, uh, you know, the bigger picture, you know, kind of things yeah. is, is it's, um, it's very cyclical. I researched it and found that a lot, a lot, it's a very common thing for very successful entrepreneurs to go through about 10 to 20 years of the grunt. Um, and then they become investors. Um, this is what the really successful ones do. And I see both you and I are actually doing that. You buy real estate, I buy real estate. Um, technically, we're becoming investors. 
Um, I, I can tell you how many times I've talked to some people that were very successful in their time and I'm trying to get them out of retirement and bring them in and, 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 and they'll say, Hey man, uh, love what you're doing. Super passionate about it. would love to support you not looking for an operational role again in my life. And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like I, you, you did that. You paid the dues. It was the hard work. And I've seen it again and again in, in big entrepreneurs that go on to have a lot of success. They, they have about 15, 20 years that they put in of maybe a little bit more of like real hard grunt work, day to day execution. Like, and then they just kind of, you know, whether they fire themselves, they sell their company or whatever happens and they kind of move into a different role where they don't have that day to day, like execution, decision-making. It's something that speaks volumes to me. Um, it doesn't speak volumes to everybody, but that's, it's an exciting thing. All right, listen, you spoke about creating stars. Um, and I feel like that's a big part of your mission. You've helped quite a few students out there. The next part of the discussion, I want to just let everybody know we're going to talk about what Robbie teaches and what he does to generate all this stuff online and the 40 million on online sales. And of course, I always have to remind everybody with every business, there's always innate risk and everything you should do carefully and be wise. And just because Robbie's done 40 million by no means means you will probably means you won't. Robbie's had access to wealth and knowledge and information and people that you may or may not. And so I don't I just want to be careful, everybody do and apply what is told to you with a lot of um, caution and, and, and do it in a safe environment. But having said that, you, you have. I mean, I'm in your Facebook group. I see it. There's constant, I see a lot of posts of people posting success. I actually know someone. It's really funny. She's in the building. She works at a company in the building down the hall, Robbie. She used to work for me. Um, and then she left and went down the hall and worked for another company, and she's your student. And one of her biggest successes, I probably saw her post, was being one of your students. Um, so you're creating stars. You've generated 40 million. Tell me a little bit about that. How have you created the 40 million? Um, I know that soon you're actually, you're, you have a launch even coming up where you're, you're teaching people how you do what you do. So what is it? How did you make, how did you create your 40 million in sales and everyone that's sales, not profit, it's sales. Um, how did you create that sales? And like, what is it that you teach people to create those stars? Yeah. So it, it really boiled down to just teaching affiliate marketing, but, um, you know, which has been around forever. And, and, you know, affiliate marketing is, sim is simply, you know, recommending other products, whether it's online or offline and, and receiving a commission for doing that. And so, um, and so that's kind of how I got started. Um, you know, back when I joined the mastermind, I had created my own product. Nobody wanted to promote it. So I ran the ads my for that product, got sales on Facebook. And then um, I started to promote other people's products on Facebook. And then, um, and that's when things took off. It, you know, got to the point where I was doing, you know, you know, five figures, six, you know, the six figures a month and then go, went on from there. And so uh, as an affiliate, six figures a month, like potential, right? Yeah. Yeah, wow. exactly. And, um, um, and, and since then I've, you know, on like on ClickBank, for example, um, the last three years alone, I've reached ClickBank diamond, which means, you know, you have to do over $5 million in sales, um, on ClickBank in order to get the, uh, the actual award from ClickBank. So they, you have, they actually verify this. The, yes, you get those sales before you get the, uh, um, the award and I've got that three years in a row. Um, so yeah, so really it's, you know, affiliate marketing has been what I, what I teach and, and more specifically using paid traffic to uh, drive sales for these affiliate offers. Um, to me, I, I love it. I think it's like the, you know, in my opinion, it's the purest like online business because, you know, everyone talks about like having that, like, you know, that laptop on a beach and you're sipping on your, you know, your coconut drink or whatever. And, um, <laughs> 
And then when you, then when you try to start an online business or other, other models, like you're like, oh my gosh, like this is like work and this is crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, affiliate marketing is absolutely work too. Don't get me wrong, but, but there is something special about like, you know, being able to run ads and, uh, and it takes you, you know, a little bit of time during the day, each day to set them up and then just let the ads run. And, you know, you can be sleeping, you can be at the restaurant, you can be golfing and, you know, that money can be uh, coming into your, your account. And so, uh, so that's what we teach. And yeah. And then, um, you know, because it works so well that we've had a lot of people be successful. We've had, um, you know, crazy, crazy stories of people that have success. Um, you know, a lot of the stories, I, I mean, I'm not going to share some of the stories because they, they seem so like crazy and unbelievable, but they're real. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that, that to me is, is awesome because, yeah. No, and important to note, those are your, I, I bet those are the people that like are, are the uh, 2015 Robbie. They came in and they're like, yeah. move aside, right? They put the work in and I guarantee the success stories had failures. I guarantee they're having fail failures all the time. Um, you're not talking about them. They power through them. And then there's a bunch of people that probably take your training that never take it. They buy your training and never take it, right? And I'm sure there's students also buy your training, take it, try it, don't, doesn't work first couple times and they stop. And so they would say that they failed, but I just say they didn't try long enough. And I think that's what, that's what you would say. Um, really, so I, I wanna give people a visual and then everyone here, let me drop a URL. So Robbie and I are doing a really awesome uh, training uh, for Learn Nation on his strategy. We're going to get into the mechanics of exactly how it works. Uh, I don't want to get into that in the podcast today because I wanted the podcast to really be about Robbie. I wanted you to learn about Robbie, but you can go to learn.com forward slash Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, and you can sign up for the free training we're doing. Now, if it's already happened, there'll be a replay up for it, so you can go see that. But um, And then Robbie's also going to give you a URL in a minute where you can go to if you just want to skip ahead and go straight to the meat. Like where actually Robbie's got his own training then um, he's got his own programs you can get into just so you know, Learn doesn't make any money on them. I have no connection to him and there's no monetization here. It's just, I love Robbie and he teaches good stuff and you're welcome to join his, his community. Um, my funny thing, Robbie, I don't know if you know this about me, but some of the first money, some of the first big money I made was back in when Google AdWords was just getting started. This, this ages me, <laughs> all right? This is Google AdWords was being invented and uh, you could literally go to ClickBank you can get your affiliate link for like the PlayStation cheat guides and World of Warcraft. I was known I was known as the WoW King, the World of Warcraft King. I was actually in the community known people would reference me and talk about me and have never even logged into World of Warcraft. I've never played Scout's Honor. Um, but I built a big brand <coughs> all doing this and take a take the affiliate link, go to Google, make an ad. The link would be your affiliate link. That's it start the ad and it was like pay a dollar make two pay a dollar make two it was like arbitrage it was the easiest money i'd made it got to a point i was still living at my parents house i remember i was out of college so i was doing some other stuff too this is the easiest money i'd made it was it was silly um i just launched every i would just keep launching ads i just keep launching different products so many would fail by the way many would fail most would fail um the few successes would make big money and uh, i think i got it up to a point of making like i don't remember right so no one quote me on this but it was like 25 30 grand a a month and i remember making it waking up one morning and roll over in bed and i the first thing we do right because it was like you have your phone i had a blackberry i would check uh clickbank on blackberry it was take forever and it was like all chopped up and weird and i look and it was like i saw like usually i would wake up and i'd see you know a couple thousand in commissions or 1500 earned in commissions by morning because my morning was like 11 12. i saw like 200 dollars and i'm like huh so like, what's going on 
go downstairs, log in, uh, get in my computer, log in my Google account, big ass red bar at the top. The account's banned. That was when Google went and they banned all the affiliates and we weren't allowed to do it. That was some of my first early success. And what I've seen from what you teach is it's that, but you added one page in the middle. So that, because what Google doesn't want is you using an affiliate link. So you're like, all right, so you do a review page, you send the traffic to the review page, and then it sends it to the affiliate program. At the most rudimentary of basics, did I summarize your model? Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's why it's so simple. Um, and that's why, and I'm a big believer, simple makes more money. So the uh, it works. I mean, that's why, you know, our students have a lot of success. And so, so now, yeah, we, we, and we use, you know, essentially we, um, Facebook has been our bread and butter for a long time. And now we've, uh, over the last probably six to eight months, we've introduced YouTube quite a bit and YouTube has been a really just a monster traffic source. And then, uh, and then now the other thing we've been, uh, integrating in terms of like how we actually have success now is, uh, was, was with AI, um, you know, so now we have, we developed some, some tools and some things where we can actually like, you know, like artificially uh, generate like ad images and creatives and copy and um, all kinds of stuff. And so it, it's pretty exciting. I mean, this year is like, it's, you know, AI is a big thing right now. Everybody's talking about it and, uh, and they should be because it, it really is a, it is a game changer. And I know like some of the stuff we do now, like they used to require a lot of manual work is, is so automated. Um, and uh, it, it's really cool because I know that, you know, seeing all of my students success from the past, you know, four years or so has been awesome, but, you know, they didn't have access to any of these, you know, AI, you know, <laughs> tools or software. And um, so I'm like, man, I can only imagine like how much success is going to happen now with all the uh, advancements in technology, you know? Dude, dude, speaking of AI, this is, oh, this is too funny. Okay. There are two people in my life that are not marketers that don't hang around in our communities that don't. And two, well, two of the many people in my life, um, my mother-in-law, uh, shout out to to her. She's awesome. And to my wife, right? They don't. So last night, uh, so my wife has a TEDx license, uh, the TEDx Rockville event. She does it. Um, and so last night she's working on it. She just announced it. We're doing it in July. I remember when. Um, but all I know is I have to do a lot of work, but my name's not allowed to be on it because I'm commercial. So I do all the emceeing. I pay for the space. I host the event. But no one can say Onyx has anything to do with it. It's my wife's event. Um, I'm a little bitter about that. But, um, you know, she's, she's, she's like showing me stuff. She's like, hey, what do you think about this logo? What do you think about this logo? And I'm like, dude, where are you getting these? Like, that's pretty good. Like, where did you get this? What are you doing? She's like, oh, I went to ChatGPT and asked it for free sites to make logos on. And I'm like, I'm like, you use ChatGPT? She's like, yeah. I'm like, that's cool. And she's like, and then I went to this site and I wasn't really liking the logos that it was creating. So I went to ChatGPT and I typed in the theme of our event and said, give me some ideas for what this damn thing, man. It was so cool. Like, I don't want to give away her thing yet because she's not public about it, but she came up with it. Like with every TEDx event, you have to have like a purpose of it, like a statement, like what, like the theme of the event. And she told ChatGPT like, hey, what would be some cool logo ideas to represent this theme? And that damn thing came back and gave her ideas and she took that idea and took it to the other AI thing, put it in there, and that was the logo I loved. It was, it was so perfect, it was so artistic and so like, holy crap. I mean, I, I don't even know we would have ever reached that ourselves. She did it in like 15 minutes. We were laying in bed before bed. And then this morning, I wanna read this message. I get a message from my mother-in-law in India and she says, Hey, just thought this might be helpful for you. Someone built a travel planner using ChatGPT. Enter the city in the number of days and it gives you an entire itinerary. This is amazing. And my only response to her was, holy crap, you know about ChatGPT? <laughs> like, 
Dude, it has made it has it has hit. I will say this: if my if my mother-in-law in India in Mumbai, India is using ChatGPT, we have it has world has changed, ladies and gentlemen. The world has changed. I if you don't believe in it, well, it already changed. And I'm already I'm doing some cool projects with it too. So I I'm glad to hear that you're using AI in your in your stuff. So um, now everyone who's wondering what, where, how, when, uh, learn.com forward slash Robbie is when we're gonna do a high-level training. And then, Robbie, do you have a URL you want to throw out um, where people will be able to go to to get like the nitpicky, the, like the training? And I want to reinstate to everybody the URL Robbie gives you. I got nothing to do with it. No relationship there. I'm just throwing out his community. You get to go join it. Uh, what's that URL? Uh, good question. We'll probably just pop it up on the screen afterwards, I guess, or something. I'll have to ask my team what it is. <laughs> All right. All <laughs> Once right. again, I'm the pretty face of the business. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, you go to learn.com forward slash Robbie, and what, might, what we might do is give you both the URLs because there's a lot of audio people that won't be able to see the link on the screen. So just go to learn.com forward slash Robbie, and we'll do one of those link tree thingies where we say, hey, here's our interview, and here's the one direct to Robbie's. Um, and then one more clarification to everybody was the 40 million number, Robbie, that wasn't all just through affiliate sales, right? Because you obviously started selling courses, you're selling people the information on how to make money with affiliate marketing. That's included in that 40 million number? Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and what are some other, you know, kind of, I'm going to wrap stuff up. I honestly could talk to you for another hour, dude. I want to respect your time because it's been a fun episode. We... Uh, just so everyone knows, Robbie and I talked about this episode for five minutes beforehand, had no idea what we we're going to talk about. And we talked about fast decisions. And um, and I feel like that's such a great... Remember, Robbie, I was like, hey, I always want our episode, someone, doesn't matter what walk of life they're in, what place, like, I want them to have that one thing that they're like, okay, I can do it better. And that's what it is here. It's like, be strategic, be thoughtful, be cautious, be wise. But God, man, I remember once someone told me, once we have about 60 to 70% of the information needed to make a decision, 99, like, I don't remember the number it was, it was not some statistically valid number. It was like nine times out of 10, the decision that you will make once you have 90 or 100% of the information would have been the same, but you wasted weeks, if not months of time for nothing, for having made, you would have made the same decision. And I, and I feel like I do function with that in my life. So I wanted to give everybody that thought. It's like, once you have most of the, once you have most of the material to make a decision, you're, you're not making the decision because you're just scared <laughs> and you're looking for an excuse. And the excuse always is, oh, I need more information. No, you don't. You're just scared. That's okay. Be open and honest with yourself. But Robbie, what else are you doing? What are some cool things like, all right, so you got courses online, you got the affiliate marketing stuff that you still yourself do. Um, I've seen you even teach your girlfriend how to do it, which is super cool. Um, what are some of the other businesses or things? Don't you don't have to get specific, but like what? Where are all of what are what pools? What all pools has Robbie dipped his feet into? There you go. Yeah, great question. I mean, you know, as far as you know, aside from businesses, um, you know, I have. Uh, you know, I'm partners in a supplement company. Uh, I have multiple software companies I'm partners in now. Um, I've, uh, you know, gotten into real estate quite a bit. Um, you know, not, not as much recently, kind of waiting, you know, sitting and waiting for the deals to come in here uh, once the market turns. I mean, cryptocurrency, NFT projects, um, you know, stock market, um, you know, investing in other other businesses. Uh, I've invested in like a, a big acai franchise. I've been uh, a, a healthy candy. Uh, I've invested in like just all kinds of all kinds of different stuff. Um, you know, just placing little bets. You know, I guess essentially little bets on on different um, on different companies and things that I know and, and or, or at least believe can can do better. And 
Um, and that's, that's one thing I've really, really tried to do. Um, and that's been, that's been good. Um, you know, one of the things I've been able to do as well is, you know, with the, the, the business that I've created, like is the, you know, the softwares I've partnered in, like they, they fit into the ecosystem of the business. So it's very easy and very, you know, complimentary both ways. Um, you know, I've also, uh, helped, um, you know, partner with other people with their courses uh, on a few things as well. So, yeah, so I got a lot, a lot going on, a lot of different, different things, um, which I love. I think it's, it's cool to get to that point where you basically, you know, you have success with your business and you stay focused on your business. And then once you start to generate income and, uh, and profit, then you distribute that uh, out to other things that can then, you know, work for you as opposed to having, you know, you working for the money. Um, and so that's really kind of what I'm starting to do more of is just like, you know, just, just doing more of that. I think, and I think it's important though to, to note, like you shouldn't do that too soon. Um, if, if you're starting online, like if, yeah. you know, your investment, like, don't, like, don't ask me like, Hey, should I invest in cryptocurrency or real estate? Like if, if you haven't got your business up to where it needs to be, like you should yeah. be all in on your business. Um, and it kind of goes back to, you know, the example I show, I shared earlier where like, you know, joining the mastermind was like my, my best decision. And then, you know, losing money on the crypto th- or, or on the crypto thing was my, my worst decision. Um, you know, the difference is that like, you know, because I invested in my business, like I have more control over what happens, right? Like it's my effort and my, my action, as opposed to if I invest into a, you know, cryptocurrency, for example, like there's a lot of factors that I have literally no control of in terms of the market, in terms of what happens in terms of the news and the, you know, the FUD and all kinds of stuff that can happen. And so, you know, really as an entrepreneur, like, you know, get, you know, stay focused uh, on, on what you want to do, uh, dial, dial deep into it. And then, uh, and then from there, when you're at a point where you're like, okay, I can, this thing can run without me, you know, then you can, you can start to look at other things, but until then you gotta, you gotta stay focused. Yeah. Man. Um, I, I completely agree com- like with you fully on that. And um, seriously, my big takeaway is I think I can do better. I can even, even I can make decisions faster. So I'll get a little sign that says, what would Robbie do? What would Robbie decide? There you go. What would Robbie decide? That will be the line that we will use. Robbie, it has been a fascinating episode. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. Everybody, learn.com forward slash Robbie. And what we'll do is we'll put a little link tree up there. You can go to the one webinar that I'm going to be hosting him on. We'll be going over at macro level, really what he's doing, the strategy, the, the arbitrage, what it looks like. He'll show examples. And then if you are ready to get into his community and want to get further into the weeds and into the details, we'll put a link there as well. So you can do both and immerse yourself um, and get into Robbie's community. So Robbie, uh, thank you. Last words. No, I'm just looking forward to the the workshop. I think it's going to be awesome. I think if you guys are in a position where you've been, you know, want to have more success online or even just starting, I mean, heck, a lot of people, you know, don't even get to the starting line. So if you're if you're there and, and you watch this and um and you want to learn, uh, I'm happy to teach you. Like I, I'm very very excited and, and blessed to be in a position where I can teach people. You know, I know what it's like to be on the other side of it, and so you know, I want to do everything I can to help you guys have success. And so, you know, if, if doing this workshop with, with Onik is, can help you, uh, you know, get the motivation and excitement to, to make that happen and then, then I'm all for it. So yeah, so definitely come into the workshop and also have an open mind when you come to the workshop. A lot of times we kind of have, you know, preconceived notions of like, you know, numbers that you can achieve or things you can do or blah, blah, blah. Like, like just get that out of your head and just, and just, um, and just learn, just be open to learning. Cause that's, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we shoot ourselves in the foot when we, um, we don't give ourselves enough credit to, uh, to be open and willing to learn. So, I mean, heck, if I can, 
if I can go from that, you know, that, uh, that baby blue uh, Buick station wagon to, uh, to where I am today, then, uh, then anybody can do it. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, make sure we get the, get the pictures of his, his cars and put it in. I want to see this baby blue station wagon. Uh, it's been epic, man. Thank you very much. Remember everybody, make sure you click subscribe, leave a comment, click thumbs up, spread the message, tell other people, help us get this podcast up the rankings. We're going to be doing some killer stuff with it this year. Onyxshow.com. If you want to see all the different episodes, all right. Onyxpodcast.com. If you want to go to our main website where we have every episode that we've ever done in four years and of course what do i always say when life pushes you stand straight smile and push it the heck back learn.com forward slash robbie hit that url up we will see you there and until the next time i talk to you love you guys take care stay strong see you soon bye